0: Imagine a Year, where this episode is brought to you by Brands. Brands, Brands, Brands. Come get your Brands today. Brands are the best. Whoa, I love Brands. What year are
1: they from, Sandro? The year is 2001. One one
2: one. one, 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 one.
0: Hello and welcome to Oldie Butter Goody, the podcast talking about movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. This week we've got probably the only comic book adaptation this year that some could say is good. My name is Sandro. As always, I'm
1: joined by Zach. Hello, this week's episode is sponsored by The Colour Orange. Do you like orange? I love orange. Everyone should buy orange. And this
0: show is also brought to you by the brand new show, Hitting the Butterfly Club this week, uh, A Bond Among Us by Innes Lloyd, joining us to talk about the brands and the things. It's Rob Lloyd. Hello.
2: Hello. It is a pleasure to uh, be back uh, in the saddle, uh, the oldie and uh, goodie saddle with... Uh, <laughs> It's a bit uncomfortable, but you know. <laughs> to it, well, look, it, it it feels good in the right places. It feels so wrong in all the other places. It chafes a bit. It chafes just a little bit. But, you know, chafing chafing is the new orange. So, And that's why
0: I wear my Step Ones. Go to stepone.com. <laughs>
2: Not sponsored. Not sponsored.
0: Um,
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah, there's no sponsoring in this
1: episode. Not by Orange, the greatest colour to come to you. (laughs) Now, Rob,
0: you're here. Well, because of your comedy show that is in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, but also because uh, for the longest time that I've known you, you know, I've always been a big fan of Archie comics, and you've always said, "Well, have you seen Josie and the Pussycats?" And I've always said, "No, I haven't." And uh, here we are. Finally, I've been meaning to watch this movie for ages. I'm going to pick it, and the only person who can guest on it is Rob, because you've been telling me about this movie for ages. Here you are, the number one fan of this film in Australia.
2: (laughs) Yep. And I will wear that as a a pussycat ears on my head of honour. I remember going to see this at the actual cinema when it came out like uh, in 2001 um you went outside i went outside into the sun and then went into another uh darkened room to sit there and see the absolute chemistry of uh rachel lee cook uh, tara reed and rosario dawson you know rocking it up with that pop uh early noughties uh punky uh, uh sound oh and it wasn't even them playing or singing, but, gee, they, they did it almost convincingly. So. Almost,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it was uh, the band, oh, I looked it up earlier, Letters
2: to Cleo. They're pretty good. I like them. Yeah, wow. they did a good job. So, yeah, I, I've always, yeah, it's an absolute bomb. It was like, there's no two roads about it. This film did not find an audience at all, but, you know, in the 20 years since it's come out... Uh, people have reappraised it and, and have, have jumped back on the bandwagon and watching it for the first time in, in... God, I think the last time I watched it was over 10 years ago. Um, uh, it, it's exactly as I remembered it. It's cute. It's fun. It's silly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a very small story and it's... it's you know, the music's actually quite good and, and fun to listen to. I love the songs in this song, in this uh, film. And um, the performances are great. The performances are really cute and fun and it's, yeah, I, 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 it's it's not a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but it uh, should have got a lot more love than it did at the time.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought this was really fun. Definitely captured the vibe of the Josie and the Pussycats uh, comics, which I'm quite familiar with, and uh, was better than Riverdale, so that's good. Zach, what did you <laughs> think?
1: I'm your back. Lover. <laughs> <laughs> the only
0: comedy song in the movie. And I love. It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh my God. I had so much fun with this film. This is a great time. I'm so glad everyone's, everyone's positive on it. Cause I was like, man, this, this movie's really fun. <laughs> yeah. I was having a great time. I had a big old smile on my face through most of this movie. I even even laughed. I even had a good time. Wait, hang on. Is this the first time you've
0: laughed watching a comedy this year? Because I think it's the first
1: time. Uh, Oh, no, no. There were moments like in uh, that one... Incest bestiality film we watched. Don't worry
2: about it, Rob. Um- <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, you cannot use the words bestiality in incense, I- I- incest in the same sentence and then go, oh, no, don't worry about it. You have mentioned two things that do need to be talked about and discussed quite, <laughs> and they were together in a film.
0: Uh, yes, the movie Say It Isn't So. If you want further proof as to why American Pie completely ruined teen comedies, check that one yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, this is great. I I really love this film. I thought it was very fun.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm glad that we all agreed, because I thought that uh, someone might not like it. I don't know. Mm. It was like it was either me or Zach. I was like, which one's not going to like it? But we all like it. So that that is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing. But before we get any further, Rob, you do, of course, have a show uh, in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival
2: starting today, actually, the day this episode's out. uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Alright, yes, well um, uh, the show I'm doing, I'm teaming up again with my comedy uh, partner Mr. David Innes. Uh, We're exploring the dark recesses of uh, pop culture Uh, and this year, uh, 2022, is the 60th anniversary of the release of the first ever James Bond film Dr. No back in 1962. So um uh, Innes is a huge James Bond fan and I've tolerated Bond most of my life. <laughs> and so what we decided to do was to do a bit of a, a a comedy tribute to Mr. James Bond but there's been you know James Bond has been parodied so much mm. so much so mm. he almost and they parody themselves so much in a lot of their films so it's very hard to find that new way of doing it so we've decided on going from the point of view of the henchman so <laughs> uh, it's the henchman's point of view they're who we follow um why they're trying to stop bond bond is seen as the the monstrous evil shadowy figure in the background who's trying to stop them so it's a uh, really exciting we've got a uh, uh, one of our bigger casts that we've uh, done for a bon show. We've brought in not just one, but two guest performers. We've got Sion uh, Williams playing the lead upper hand, our lead henchperson, who um, was fun to work with on Shakespeare Aliens, which I did at the start of the year. And uh, mm-hmm. Louisa Fitzharding from uh and uh, The Big Hoo-Ha. Uh, Louisa's coming in to uh, bring her comedy talent and singing skills to, to the show as well. So, yeah, we open on the 11th of... Uh, April, Monday the April uh, the 11th of April, we won, run for a week at the Butterfly Club, our home here in Melbourne to perform at, and we're on at 7pm every uh, night from the 11th to the 17th, so book your tickets from the Butterfly Club website, butterflyclub.com.au, and uh, come along and see our hilarious uh, tribute to James Bond.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, I can only go on Monday night. So if you're listening to this on the episode of release, get down there. You might even see me wearing a mask and be like, "Is that you?" But you won't know because I'm wearing a mask and I won't make eye contact. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because that's
2: what Sandra does. He doesn't make eye contact. Yeah, he hates eye contact. Yeah. He, 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 you, you have to hire him to be a you know <laughs> yes. a professional working on your sh- project for him to actually acknowledge you with his eyes. So yeah. it's true. I have known Rob for
0: I have known Rob for uh, ten years, and we yeah. only met. Eye contact At the start of the year At the Mm. start of the
2: year First time First time ever Mm. It was uh, was a fun time Mm. You you looked at me You're like the the Lost boy in Hook Looking at Robert Williams Going Oh there you are Peter Mm. I'm Rob You're Peter It was was odd It was moving And a little uh, uh, Arousing So there we go Yeah That's right When you hire me I also have an American
1: accent (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He he hides it well During the podcast But Thick American Mm. accent yeah. He's a master of dialogue,
0: mm. Al Sandro. All right. Well, let's get into this episode, Zach. I, of course, chose it. So uh,
1: what were my other options this week? Well, Sandro, you had, uh, you had uh, a few interesting options. We had a Bridget Jones diary. Bridget has a diary and writes about her adventures dating Colin Firth and Hugh Grant. Yep. I think I saw it on Channel
0: 7. And I was like, "Yeah,
1: it's fine." I had no idea what this film was, and I still don't.
2: It's a it's a classic rom com. Rob, you've probably seen that, right? I have seen uh, Bridget Jones's Diary multiple times. It's got one of the best fight sequences in the world, where Hugh Grant and uh, Colin Firth battle each other for the love of uh, Bridget Jones. And of course, they are the most uncoordinated weaklings ever. So they sort of like just randomly throw kicks and slaps, <laughs> and it's. It's a f- it's a great moment. It's all done to Iteranian Men by uh, uh Jerry Halliwell, so <laughs> Oh a-
1: now I'm interested. Now that's a banger. Yeah. Uh Hounded. Uh, a Disney Channel movie. Woo! We love our Disney Channel movies. We've only seen about hundred and seventy-three of them. About <laughs> teens getting hounded by a nightmare <gasps> of a dog. Da, da, da.
2: Oh.
1: Uh, t- Joe Dirt, David Spade plays a loser who goes on a long journey to find his parents. That's definitely terrible. Uh, (laughs) We have Kingdom Come, a dysfunctional family uh, reunited to mourn a dead family member. Uh, Rapper LL Cool J is in it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was talking about him with a friend recently and I was like, LL Cool J, he is a rapper, but I like whenever I hear one of his songs, it feels weird, because I'm so used to him being an actor.
2: <laughs> mm. um, look, Mama Said Knock You Out is one of the greatest um, uh, hip-hop songs of all okay. time. I will not have a word against it. I still find it weird, because my mum is a huge NCIS fan, so she watches all the NCISs. So, and because of that, she knows... And it's still one of the weirdest things I've ever said. When I've heard, when my mum said, "Oh, that's LL Cool J," I'm going, "I have never been able to put in my head that my mother, you know, uh, knows LL Cool J." But of course she mm. does, because she watches NCIS. It's the weirdest thing. My mum—they're saying the words <laughs> LL Cool J.
0: Uh, But yeah, out of all of those options, I mean, Bridget Jones, you know, it's, you know, it's a classic. Everyone loves it, but it's, you know, Mm. we've got to do Josie.
2: The whole point, I I was always under the impression that, you know, the, the whole point of Oldie But A Goodie is to really, you know, shed new light on those films that have been lost throughout time and history.
1: Yeah. And I think this film's one of them.
2: And I'm so glad that you've uh, invited me here to finally step on to my leopard print uh, soapbox (laughs) that has been gathering dust under my bed for the last 20 years. I can finally bring it out. Stand on there and say, you know, those three words that were way too late. Uh, This film rocks. There you go. Mm. There that was
0: you standing on the corner of Flinders Street Station yelling that from your <laughs> soapbox <laughs> back in 2001.
2: <laughs> That's right. But instead of sp- spitting out vile hate... And religious doctrine. I've been singing the lyrics to you know three three small words mm. um, uh, from Josie and the Pussycats. So it's a banger. Or pretend to be nice. Oh, I'm okay. I'm done. No, I'm still, <laughs> no, I'm
1: wait, we've still got like an hour or so. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely sure you're not done. Oh, Zach, that is
2: very that is very hopeful that you think that I'll be done ranting and raving <laughs> yeah. in an hour. <laughs> Every time you go into a Rob Lloyd guest appearance on Oldie But A Goodie, go, oh, this will go for an hour. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, there's about five hours of extra recording that we have to cut out. <laughs> Do you want the uncut version?
0: Yeah, and that will be dropped on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Oldie Pod. Get your review of Death Row Game Show right now. We reviewed it. Is it just The Running Man? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, but... Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, Josie and the Pussycats, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This was released April 11th. Uh, It is based off the comic book of the same name from the Archie Comics universe. That's right. Before it was Riverdale, it was good. Uh, It's written and directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. They both wrote and directed it. They also both wrote and directed a team rom-com called Can't Hardly Wait. They've done stuff uh, on their own uh, before as well. Kaplan is actually involved in the writing of uh, the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Uh, She helped write that, Mm -hmm. which is a throwback because, of course, your first episode on this show was the Flintstones movie. Was the Flintstones.
1: (laughs) Which is a great movie that I was bullied into rating in (laughs) the I will say. I
2: was bullied, coerced. It's a great movie. I think you're rewriting history there. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't know. Much like the Flintstones rewrote history, that they were talking dinosaurs. Ah!
1: But there were! They were talking dinosaurs, okay? And you can use one as a washing machine,
2: alright?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he would goggle the plates and spit them out clean. <laughs>
0: For the cast, Rachel Lee Cook is in this. She plays Josie. Uh, she was, of course, in the Babysitters Club movie, uh, and we've got to mention the classic rom com and best poster of all time. She's all that.
2: <laughs> yeah, her and uh, her and Freddie Prinze Jr.
0: Yes. Mm. Uh, she's also a recurring voice actor on Robot Chicken. And, of course, the Robot Chicken guys themselves, Seth Green and, and Meyer, are in this movie as members
1: of the Boy Bear. They so maybe are. they all met mm. with this movie and they went off and made that show. Who knows? She, she was good. She was good. Yeah. I like how awkward the teens were
2: throughout this film. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I never thought that Rachel Lee Cook was that good as an actor. And watching it again, they're going, yeah, she's got a certain... ...awkward type of tone and delivery, and it's not like... Like, you see her up against Rosario Dawson, who is just a superstar. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you're there watching Rosario Dawson going, she is just acting the pants off pretty much everyone in this film, and she's just really low-key, and she hits the comedy and hits the tone really right. But, yeah, still not sure about Rachel Lee Cook, and so... Mm. She's a, she's a little, she's got that whole awkward, cute, little, charming thing that she does quite well, but it's a very small. Mm. So like she only swim, she swims within her lane, and her lane is very, very small, I believe. Yeah.
1: I like, I, I like the awkwardness of the teens because it made it feel like more realistic that they were just kind of, kind of awkward
2: teens, you know, Get, just, just growing up, you know. <laughs> there, there's yeah, there's such a, there's a beautiful naivety to, to this film, yeah. which I, 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 I still dig I still like yeah. as, a, as a as a nearly 44 year old man um, who's very cynical and critical and you know and my soul died many many decades ago to, to sit down and watch this happen, it's to see Tara Reid just be absolutely adorable before she got completely fucked up by, by this the horrible industry that is, you know, mm. Hollywood. Um, but she's so funny and she's so sincere and she's so silly and she's so cute. That, and, yeah, it's, it's just this beautiful, naive sort of, like, view of the world and just going, yeah, yeah, a little punky pop group from... Nowhereville can take on subliminal messaging and Parker Posey. And the government.
0: Yeah. Now, this is where we get to get, because Tara Reid is in this from American Pie in the Sharknado franchise. Uh, she plays mm. Melody, the drummer. I didn't like her. I, I didn't, Aww. I don't find-
1: But if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, Sandra. I think
0: it's just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I don't know. I think it's just, I don't like the shtick. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> I love uh, the Boo! Maybe
0: I'm boring. Be
2: be be Boo. Boo. Any any moment where she sort of like gets so excited about um, uh, having a bake sale, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Which goes, we'll raise the money and have a bake sale. Yes. Yay. Oh, there we go. Tyra Reid can do no wrong. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. At this time, Tyra Reid, 2001 Tyra Reid can do no wrong. Although I
0: do like her in Sharknado. Uh, I think um, her character journey in those films is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she sounds like should be good.
0: And then, of course, yeah, Rosario Dawson is in this uh, from Clerks 2, Sin City, Death Proof, Daredevil, Ahsoka. She's Ahsoka oh, in Star wow. Wars. She was just in the video game called Dying Light 2, which he's really good in. I mean, look, she's incredible. And know she was a Ahsoka. Outside of the trio, though, you've also got Alan Cumming as Wyatt. Yeah! We just saw him two weeks ago in Spy Kids. He's doing so many things this year.
1: Oh my god, he's so good! Why wasn't he Willy Wonka?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, we talked about this last time, but oh my god, he's so. He's, he would just be the perfect Willy Wonka!
2: And this is around right about the time he became that sort of like that new darling of the. Uh... You know, the outsider darling of the American scene because he's coming from the UK mm. and he mm. he, he, he the longest serving MC in um, cabaret so he sort of like took the the place of Joel Grey and uh, he did multiple iterations of cabaret on broadway and then they brought it back a couple of years ago and he came back to the role and he had to be incredibly fit and healthy for it so he had to sort himself out and yeah so he at that point because he'd also done uh or was about to do a uh, romey and michelle's high school reunion and he got his big break in Goldeneye, obviously as boris uh Grushenko, who's who's <laughs>
0: And then he did, like, he was around for a few years with like the Spy Kids sequels, Garfield, and, mm. and then I think Son of the Mask was kind of the end of him being in the public eye. Yeah, he, well, he
2: his, what his big highlight was, of course, playing um, Nightcrawler in oh, yeah. uh, in X Men Two, you know, the you know the one of the best X Men movies ever made.
1: Yeah, I will say about Alan Cumming, he has this great, very specific awkwardness he does, which is like. That he doesn't understand human interaction sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't. He doesn't quite get the concept. So he tries human interaction, but he just kind of fails at it. But he, he does he hits all the beats, but he hits them wrong. So he's also confused at how he failed because <laughs> he thought he did it right. And that is very like Willy Wonker-y to me, which is whenever he does something like that, I think, oh, he would be a good Willy Wonker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. He just for me he just hits that you know, professional level of performance type stuff that you can mm. know that he can do all genres because he just hits punchlines so well. Like, you know, one yeah, one of my favourite yeah. ones is when they get at the start when he decides, okay, well, du jour are finding out about the subliminal messages, and so he goes <laughs> to the pilot, and goes through the Chevy to the Levy, and he goes, awesome, and then he, and then with the with the grunge girl, and he goes, smells like Teen Spirit, yeah, <laughs> and, and and later on that ridiculous moment that could only be done in something of this this type of comedy when Josie's there going, Oh, Alan M was meant to meet me here. He goes, Oh yes, well he cancelled. Oh, did he leave a message? Uh wait one second. <laughs> yes. yes, he left a message down there. Oh, will you say this thing as well? Wait one second. <laughs> yes, yes, he did that as well. Going and then she goes, well, what about that? Go, I'm trying to run a studio here. Yeah. It's good. It's right. good. Love it.
1: That's great. He's really
0: good. He's really good, and of course, he brought that to Doctor Who in an episode, which was great. Unfortunately, uh, it was the Witchfinders, but he was good, man. So,
2: Which Finders is good. I like the Witch Finders. <laughs> mud. Mud. Uh, <laughs> staying out of politics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sandra just turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger then. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Cumming, Cummings is a superstar in this film. He just uh, just knocks it out of the park. He knows all how to get that delivery, beat you the sass. Yeah, great.
0: Oh, speaking of knocking things out of the park, Parker Posey is in this. Mockumentaries, <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs> 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 Lost in Space. She's great, obviously. She's good.
2: Oh well, she's a bit. She's a bit of a contentious one. There are people who either love the Parker or detest the Parker. I
0: like her in a lot of what I've seen her in. I don't think I've ever dis. Although when she did show up for the first time in this movie, I went, "Is that Elizabeth Banks?" Mm. <laughs> 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 they look very similar, but um, no, she's good.
2: Yeah, she's particularly annoying in this, and so she plays up the annoyance of uh of her character. Quite well. Also, I was going to bring this up later,
0: but Zach, another connection to Spy Kids is that she—the big twist—is that her character has a lisp. Yep. Now, Alan Cummings works for her in the movie Spy Kids. Alan Cummings is making an army of robots for a man
1: called Mister Lisp. Oh my God! <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. It's the it's the Illuminati. Alright, uh, this
0: film has 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics were quite split at the time. Uh, not feeling like it was a great adaptation of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, which I guess is what they were expecting. But some, yeah, praised all the actors, which is good. Uh, it's got a 52% audience score as well. Uh, exactly the same. 5.5 mm. 5 out of 10 on IMDb. Audiences at the time gave it a B on okay. a cinema score, though. So a little bit more positive than I think what the, the retrospective kind of ratings are. Yeah. yeah. With that... All in mind, uh, according to Box Office Mojo, this costs somewhere between 22 and $39 million. I think it's so vague because is the product placement real?
1: <laughs> <laughs> why, why wouldn't you make it real, though? That's the thing. I thought this was a brilliant way yeah. to, to get money from all the corporations. shoehorning it in and being like, yeah, we
2: live in a capitalist world. Look at it. Yeah. See, we made all these jokes. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, they have all the stuff in there, and it, they're clearly bagging out, but it's not their being positive at all, it's their going, it's it's not like, you know, it's not like hardcore conspiracy threats and all this type of stuff, it's all done with a jovial sense, but there is that sense of, no, you know, corporations taking over the youth of the, the world is shit, and mm. it should be fought mm. by, you know, uh, cute yeah. punk groups from the early noughties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With Cadillus.
0: I feel like, especially like McDonald's and Target, they probably paid for that. Oh yeah. Um but I do want to know what like what the meeting was like when they were told <laughs> yeah, what the product yeah. placement would be like.
2: <laughs> oh, I do I do see it. M- Mac was such even at that time and now it's like just such a powerhouse for movie guys coming and go. We want to use you guys, but we want to like say that cor- you know corporations are bad and all this type of stuff in a fun way and they go, "Oh, isn't that sweet?" Mm. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah,
1: you go ahead. You you product place in your movie about how bad
2: capitalism you, you do go do get that. him
1: tiger you yep. go make
2: your little movie you go make your little movie and we'll be, we can't hear you over all the money that we're making <laughs> yes
1: what sorry i just got buried in a bucket load of cash i can't you
2: need to speak up <laughs> and now uh, and now and now i've got the image of heath ledger's the joker falling down a pile of money but it's <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah. dressed as you yeah, know, Ronald McDonald.
0: I love that line. Um, <laughs> part of the subliminal message is he pledges the next Matt Damon. <laughs> but yes, uh, somewhere between 22 and $39 million is the budget. What do you think it made? Uh, obviously, it did bomb. But how much did, did it bomb? What do you think it made, Rob?
2: I think it made about
1: $20 million. Oh, damn it. That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to say it made nineteen. 19- <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Uh, the question is, do I go higher or lower? Uh, probably lower, right? Because it's a bomb. Yeah, I'll say 19 and a half million. <laughs> That's low.
2: Oh, it's un- oh, the education system failed, you say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this movie uh, made just under 15 million, which oh! in 2001, that is is uh, that is still quite a bomb. That is unfortunate. But before we move on to the plot, uh, there is in fact a tagline for this movie. It's written on the posters, and uh, you've either got to give it a thumb up or a thumb down. The uh, the tagline is
1: "Here, kitty, kitty, kitty."
2: Down, so down, thumbs down. It's quite terrible. I hate it. Why would you say that to me?
1: Uh, uh, I have nothing more to add. I think. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to give it a shaky thumbs down. <laughs>
0: Hey all you guys, gals and non-binary pals. I'm Nick. And I'm Maddie. And And we're we're the hosts hosts of WTF WTF is Happening. happening.
1: Australia's number one pop culture podcast as voted by our mums. We're here to be your weekly 60-minute pop culture catch-up. You can expect stories from our personal lives that basically guarantee we'll never get a date.
0: Legendary guest interviews where we find out which cultural moments shaped their lives. And
1: honestly just a touch of like chaotic, frantic energy. Now
0: as soon as you're done with the iconic podcast you're listening to right now. Go and listen and subscribe to us. Agreed. Cute. All right, the movie opens with the only comedy song in the movie, which is the song for the boy band DuJour. They sing a uh, Backdoor Lover. Uh, wow, I wonder what that's a euphemism for. The lyrics are great. It's such a good song. It sounds just like a Backstreet Boys track.
2: Yeah. And it's shot like it's shot like a yeah, Backstreet Boys. You know, yeah, opening yeah. Sh- It's it's all that wide screen type of shots with this like the curving in of images on the side, and mm. they're coming out of the airport with all the fans. You've got that fishbowl lens sort
1: of thing happening. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's great.
2: Yeah, they use that quite a lot. Not
0: to the extent of the Beastie Boys level, but they did use it quite a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was great though. Um yeah but I look I I'll say the tracks throughout I I kind of enjoyed all of them. Oh they, yeah, they they're pretty good. great. They're good. Yeah yeah yeah. There were some great tracks, especially Back to All Love. It. <laughs> it's
2: top 10 now.
1: <laughs> uh
0: we see the boy band afterwards in the plane. There's clearly some tension between them all. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah and it's uh, yeah the the it boys at the time it's that clear line of you've got uh uh donald uh uh phasen from scrubs you've yep, got yep. seth green you've got breckenmeyer and, and then you've got random guy as les yeah <laughs> and you're there going why is he there so well maybe there'll be other appearances by DeJour, but they could only afford the three name actors for one day of shooting <laughs> one day.
1: yes yeah yes
2: but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny scene and you can see they're allowed to have a bit of, you know, improvisational leeway there. Mm. Uh, I, I particularly love that the, the pet monkey is called Dr. Zaius.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, I liked their the, the sort of back and forth and then White has to come in and he's like, all right, break this up. Break this up. We're going to be best friends again. You know, we're going to get you a new face. <laughs> we're going to get you a new face as well. What 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 causes him to ditch them though again?
0: They they found the subliminal messages in the backing of their oh, songs. Oh
1: right, yeah, that's right. They do they do find the. It's like oh that's weird. Can you hear this backing thing? Yeah, yeah. that's right,
2: that's right. Gee, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Throw the Chevy to the <laughs> that's mm. great. And
0: then yeah, he um he and the private jet pilot they jump out of the jet
1: and um, maybe it crashes. Who knows. <laughs> We don't know yet. <laughs> That's
2: such a stupid joke. <laughs> Later. I do like how he just, he arrives perfectly, uh, Wyatt, and just like presses the button and his parachute just falls off. And you watch the background and you see the pilot just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gathering things and just run off into the woods for yep. no the back. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's quite an impressive shot because you see the plane as well, and it looked pretty good. I mean, this is, you know, Air Force One uh, was close to this. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it was a
2: little sitchy, <laughs> Possibly just a little.
0: Uh, but then the opening credits hit, we get a really solid pop punk track as we're introduced to the band. Uh, there's a joke where Tyreen is, is holding a sign that says, honk if you love pussy cats. But the cat is behind a pole <laughs> and a bunch of guys
2: crashing into each other looking at the sign. But I love the fact she looks so distressed, she just drops the sign and she runs away, but with her hands up in the air. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I, I went, oh, I love it.
0: I love it. They really lean as well into they are from the town of Riverdale. And I was like, oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting them to lean that heavily into the Archie world. So that's nice of them. There's no Archie in this movie, though, but maybe it could have been cool to have some Gigi kid walking around in the background.
2: Well, I wonder if that was the plan. I wonder if that was the plan. If it carried on, would they have created mm. the early days of a shared cinematic Archie verse? It's tough because it's like in 2001, <laughs> particularly Jughead. Would a Jughead movie work? Probably not. He's hit. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't like how they've made Jughead this, you know, sexual being. He was always asexual. Yep. The only thing that turned him on was food and hats. But, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, the world was, was too harsh a place for such a beautiful cinematic universe to be created. It is very cute at the end of the credits how they introduce the other supporting roles as well. So you've got, you know, Alan M is introduced, played by the the great Gabriel Mann, who I used to watch religiously when he was in uh, Revenge uh. as Nolan, um, as sexiest man in Riverdale. Um, and then you've mm. got uh, Paulo Cosentino, who we haven't seen for ages, but he was in, like, Road Trip and stuff like that, as the manager, who's an actual character... From Josie and the Pussycats and um, Missy Pyle, <laughs> yep, the great Missy Pyle slumming it in Josie and the Pussycrat cats from um from Galaxy Quest, <laughs> from Galaxy Quest, from uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton version. There you go, another Tim Burton Willy Wonka reference for you, there, Zach. Um oh, you know what, Alan Cumming would actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: there is that line when I think it is Missy Pyles' character. She's like, "Why am I here on this private jet?" <laughs> oh, it's because I was a bigger character in the comics or something. Yeah, like. that's what.
2: That's what um, Al- yeah, Alexander says that. Why are you here? He goes, because I was in the comic books. What? Nothing. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. I was like, ah, oh,
2: that's a funny joke. Yeah, it's good fun.
1: Uh, I like uh, how how after all this opening, we the, you cut back and we see that they've just been performing in a bowling alley for 20 bucks, but they had to hire shoes, which all cost $5 each. <laughs> so they only paid five bucks or whatever in this bowling alley gig. That's a, that's a good opening. That was good, and the bowling alley is like sponsored by Seven Eleven or something. Oh yeah, I wrote down, I wrote down, and I feel very foolish for writing down. I'm like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of subliminal <laughs> messaging in the background there. There's a few, <laughs> few things there, and I feel like a fool now. Mm. For the movie was playing me for a fool. There you go. Because I wrote it down. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of subliminal messaging there. Like they have this heartfelt moment where they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll be friends forever, you know, we're we're gonna be this band, we're best friends, we're gonna go far, that sort of thing. And in the background, there's a big Coca-Cola, like, sign. I wrote down, it's really going hard in subliminal messaging. I wrote that down (laughs) in my notes. That's funny.
0: So they see on TV that the band du jour has disappeared. Uh, we get a quote from from the news presenter saying their label has yet to release a statement, but they have released a commemorative box set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which I mean that was happening like in the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, but recently. That has been, like, labels have been pushing the post releases yeah. so much harder. Uh, so that is another thing in the music industry that this movie predicts yeah. is how much labels push stuff like that now.
1: Yeah, nowadays it wouldn't be a commemorative box set. It would be an NFT mm. um, of, of the band. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so Alan Cumming is in Riverdale. That's where uh, he landed after after jumping out of a plane. And uh, he goes to a record store. To premiere a new single from DeJour and we see it played, and everyone in the store suddenly wants to buy stuff.
2: Nobody rocks the world like Deja, It's
1: <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's, it's great because we see like a group of girls, they, they've just bought all this pink stuff. And they're like, wow, I love pink. Oh, pink's the new red, that sort of thing. And then the song plays, and they're like, oh, my God, I need to buy orange stuff. That's right. (laughs) Orange is the new pink. You know, and they immediately go back to purchasing.
2: Yeah. And the guy says, I want to get some beer. And he goes, but you don't drink. He goes, but I think it's time to start. (laughs) It's time to start. Yeah. And that's when when the the goth comes in and goes, I think that music sucks. (laughs) He goes, wow, you're a free thinker, aren't you? Because it smells like teen spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Then she gets... Who knows? Who knows what happens to her? No, she does show up. She does show up later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, we see
1: her once more because they... they, So they kidnap her. And then later on, we see her in their secret facility as one of their... With all the other uh, tattooed pierced, uh, thinkers, Right, right, right. Mm. Okay, yes, that are now conforming.
0: I was too busy trying to find all the product placement in the background of that scene to pay attention (laughs) to.
2: And fair enough too. fair enough too.
0: Alan coming, he almost runs right into a Josie and the band, (laughs) uh, and he's got this, he's got this, like, clear album cover that he, uh, that he holds up
2: over them, and is like, they've got it, they've got the... (laughs) Just as the number one band in the world sign moves behind them, they've got smoke, they've got wind, they've got (laughs) meatloaf playing on the dashboard, light playing in the background. It's a great moment. That was was so fantastic,
1: That like, everything coming together in that one scene. I was like, yes!
0: Yes! So they are signed on the spot. They've got a couple questions, but, you know, they, you know, it's their dream, so they go through with it.
1: Oh, White, White quickly, uh, you know, quashes the thing. It's like, well, if uh, I thought you guys were interested in joining this, you know, giant record label, but I guess I was mistaken. I'll just leave. And they're like, no, 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 wait.
2: Manipulation. Manipulation 101 from Alan Cumming there. Right there.
1: Yeah, I love a bit of manipulation. It's a uh, good time.
2: Uh, oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, yeah, and there's the weird scene where they
0: hop in uh, the limo after they've signed, and there's, like, this silhouette of a man walking across uh, the screen. But it's so so obvious
2: that um, that was kind of added after the fact. That's not an actual silhouette. Um, It's just a guy in front of a green screen, and you just go, that is not done live at all.
0: And I think that's meant to be the du jour guy, isn't it? It is, Les.
2: It is Les. Yes. Um, it's interesting when they fly the plane into New York or the big city or wherever it is. Mm. Um, and you could just see all, like, there's the massive golden arches that, like, is almost the same size as the World Trade Center. Um, and you've got, like, all the advertising is, like, building size. So, it's sort of like this. the city is just... Filled with sponsorship. I found, I found that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very cool image.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, that's when I wrote in my notes. I'm like, oh, it's the whole point is the subliminal messaging. Oh, no, I'm an idiot.
2: I'm a fool.
1: I've been played. I liked uh, them coming in and. Um, They have that sort of same argument that we saw at the start with the other band, but their their friendship is too good, so White doesn't have to step in. So White's like, ah, they're going to be good. And he walks into the cockpit, and you see the... The, um, <laughs> private jet fly, he immediately starts to get up, to get out. He's like, oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. It's fine, Lex, don't worry about it.
2: False alarm. Yeah. Uh, and, for those of you that don't know, the pilot, Lex, is uh, one of the co-directors, Harry. Oh. I was
0: just about to mention that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't
2: know yeah.
1: that. Wow.
2: <laughs>
0: One thing I was gonna mention about the uh, about the product placement is I wonder if in like uh, four years we'll get an article from variety or deadline or vice where they're like, you won't believe it but Josie and the Pussycats is actually about. Product placement. <laughs> just like how on the um just like how on like the 30th anniversary of Starship Troopers everyone was like, this movie is actually about war.
1: <gasps> it's
0: actually a satire. Yeah. <gasps> My god. We see that the record company actually has government funding as they give a tour of the facility to this guy. And, yeah, they are brainwashing setters using subliminal messages. They've got a short documentary where Eugene Levy plays himself. Uh, I just love that guy. So, it's good to see him in anything.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and then right at the end, of a random girl in a uh, gold bikini comes out with an American flag. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of
1: course. <laughs> because this is America. America. Love
2: it. Love it. This is Americans' youth. Because they, they have they have disposable income and no responsibilities. So let's take all their money from them. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently they also put subliminal messages in the back of, like, Elvis's music. And that's why he died.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because one of them asked the questions. It's like, what happens if the band figures it out, you know? And then they just list a whole bunch of bands that, like, broke up or died. Yeah.
2: I think she says at one point, uh it's like that that chinese spy knows what's up <laughs> the chinese guy knows what they're talking about and him in the background just nodding going mm-hmm.
0: they bring josie into the very tardis looking studio yeah yeah, mm.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was it was very tardis
0: and they record a song they've got this mixing thing it's not a mixing desk it's the Sound. It's the Megasound, mm. Megasound 8000, which is this giant monolith that apparently adds the subliminal messages into songs. I don't know why they couldn't just, like, edit them in. <laughs>
2: They've got to be recorded live, <laughs> apparently. But anyway. Apparently, and it needs to be well, the size of a small house.
1: Yeah. We, we, yeah, mm, yeah. well, we, we don't know how the subliminal messaging works, right? Mm. Like, later on, we do see just a sound desk and then... One of the tracks in the background is just the subliminal messaging.
0: Which didn't make any sense because they insert a CD into the sound desk and then remove the layers? How? Yeah. How did they do that? Although that did predict that new thing that Kanye's been chilling where you, um... You can isolate the tracks and mix it all yourself and stuff. So they did predict mm, the future.
1: Maybe it's the future technology. Maybe this is set in the future. Hmm. Mm.
0: Maybe, or maybe the writers
2: just don't know how music works. <laughs> oh, look, uh, look. Uh, I I can't believe you're finding plot holes in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was impeccable. Exquisite piece of early naughty cinema. Yeah, that's yeah. true. At least there wasn't a hacking scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
1: that's it, and because uh, I think. My my excuse. I'll play devil's advocate for uh, <laughs> devil's Advoc- advocate. For you it. are advocate. Aww, you are so Aww. advocate. <laughs> no, you. The mixing machine could maybe maybe it's putting it in as they're singing it, like weaving it in with the words. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, also I the just... subliminal
0: messages are a Mr. Movie Phone. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> which I
0: think was yeah in the early. 2000s you called up a number right and he would list all like the movie names and and times and stuff yeah
1: yeah everyone's like oh that's Mr Movie phone it's like yeah yeah
0: he does the subliminal stuff that's his thing Uh, they record an album it's a massive hit number one record within a week
1: wow that's crazy it must be that their music is really good and not the fact that there might be subliminal messaging in it (gasps) it is a good song though it is a good song yeah it's a banger And the film clips, great. I like them dancing around and then we see the song go to the top of the charts. It's good. And they're at the top
2: of the charts. They like dancing around in the number one position. Yeah, they're dancing on it. After a a, a stretch limo goes past. This is the most 2000 film I've ever watched. It's crazy. (laughs) It really
0: is. And there's uh, like some good outfits and stuff. There's the leopard print, which you mentioned earlier, Rob. There's like a sparkling sort of thing that they're wearing at one point. Oh, they have such
2: variety, such range. It's a, it, I like that, that like slightly punky pop style that isn't completely pop music but is in no way near punk. But it was that kind mm. of style that was around at that time, which was a little, not edgy, but it just had a, a bit more bite to it than just just poppy type songs.
0: Yeah, it was slightly before Paramore and Avril Lavigne came on the scene with their um, everything sucks attitude, (laughs) which (laughs) I I like that music as
1: well. But (laughs) (laughs) no, I definitely prefer backdoor love.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. Oh,
1: yeah. That song is jerking. I still
0: don't know what that song means. What does that song mean? (laughs) We'll figure it out.
1: It means they're creeping into the back door to hang out with you, you know, because
2: they're a good boyfriend. Someone will unlock the mysteries of those lyrics one day, but today is not that day.
1: (laughs) Scientists in the future will study (laughs) this song and go, hmm, what is the meaning behind this? Wait a minute. They
0: throw a big ol' party for the band, uh, except Rosario Dawson doesn't get an invite originally.
2: Boo. (laughs) It's It's a bit sus. Bit rude. Uh, Fiona and Wyatt realize that the three of them together are a solid unit. However, if they separate them, they they don't have enough time to find another band. They can Mm. always replace Val and Melody. Mm. And that it's easier for them to make... Um, Josie, their puppet. If she is distanced from the other two, so yeah,
1: they 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 changed the name of the band to Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, so they can't get rid of Josie because they 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 changed the name of the band, and they're like, why did you change the name of the band? And it's like, oh 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 no, no all bands do way better if they have an end
2: in them. <laughs> you know? But yes, so no, it's, it's to drive that wedge between them so that uh, Josie could become their puppet. And Val and Melody can be taken off to Total Request Live <laughs> yes. and be killed by Carson Daly.
0: Carson Daly and some and some Impressionist guy. Um.
2: Some random uh, comedian who, ah, uh, 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 Ares Spears, who was uh, best known for Mad TV. Oh, Mad TV. Okay. There we go. He has
1: an unfortunate choice of uh impressions oh yeah he does a cosby impression oh uh, <laughs> yeah
2: that, i was sitting there going maybe he doesn't maybe it's just my memory okay they're doing chris rock okay but that's shit okay and then he goes into and then he goes into cosby and went oh no oh no he's there
0: it only lasts for a couple seconds thankfully <laughs> but. yeah 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 and carson Daly. i mean he's barely in this movie but i've always found him annoying uh he was pretty good in this scene <laughs>
2: Well, he was um he was dating Tara Reed at the time so it was very silly watching a movie that is uh has a reference that is very specific to that time and 20 years later you're going oh yeah they were a thing oh wow, okay and then she knocks him off a knocks him off a, a high building <laughs> yeah, with a cardboard yeah. cut out of mad Damon the, it, it's uh, it's really great because
1: they ha- they're having like a meet cute while he's trying to murder her yeah. and then she's like yeah. oh we should absolutely date, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we should." And then he, she hits him. It's like, "Like I'd ever date you."
2: Yeah, hits him with a cardboard cutout of Matt Damon.
1: Yeah, was
0: this peak making fun of Matt Damon? I feel like it was because Team America was like a year or two afterwards
2: as well. The, so, so this was, this was, this was sort of like this was when Matt Damon was still a big thing, and then around about Team America is when people went, oh, no, we can make fun of Matt Damon now. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. feel
1: I feel like making fun of Matt Damon is just an internal thing, you know, nowadays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it never really died down.
0: But That's why most of the movies that he's in, it's like he's not credited anymore. He just kind of shows up for, like, ten minutes in Soderbergh's new movie, and you're like, what
1: is Matt Damon doing in this movie? Oh, and yeah. it's Thor, Ragnarok,
0: yeah, <laughs> yep. just
1: randomly in there. Oh, it was great.
0: So uh, they beat up those guys. Meanwhile, Josie is is being brainwashed. They've given her a special remix. Valerie and Melody, they show back up after knocking out the, uh, the would-be murderers. And they're like, Josie, what's up? And Josie's like, I don't need you anymore.
2: It's very sad when Josie does the thing when she explains to Melanie that puppies grow up into dogs <laughs> who then get old and die! <laughs> Holy crap! I was like, oh, no! I remember that moment because that is when my heart broke. What are you? Yeah, yeah, I was like,
1: even even under subliminal messaging,
2: that was cruel. That's cruel. That was like, that that is uncalled for. And you know what? That wasn't even the script. That's just Rachel's calling a Okay. <laughs> she yeah. was scarred after she's all that. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could never look at the puppy the
1: same way again. Yeah, no, It was no. too traumatising. Too traumatising. But the thing that gets Josie
0: out of the brainwashing is she walks down the street and trips and the headphones fall off. Yeah. I don't know how effective the subliminal messaging is if it only works while you're listening to it or maybe her will was so strong.
1: Yeah, because there's this whole thing where she's like looking at all the advertisements as well mm. and she's like starting to hear it in the background. She's like, Uh, What I'm saying is she's Neo, and she's starting to believe. And by believe, I mean disbelieve, all the advertising.
2: And big shout-out for a redundant form of technology, the Discman. Yeah?
1: Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Rock on (laughs) Discman's. This is the most 2000 film that ever existed. <laughs> oh, it is so 2000. And Discman was so fucking hot. As if she could walk around like that, just holding a Discman and like not having it, you know, horizontal. And you never go walking with it. You have to sit down on a space with it on your lap perfectly straight and you do not move at all. <laughs> if you breathe, it skips. Yeah,
1: I, that's what I was going to say. Like all these movies depict people going out with it like it was in an iPod or something which I also had. I got one of the the first generation iPods and that was a game changer because I could take it with me. Mm. That was about the
2: size of a brick. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was a bit behind the the times. I was still just walking around with a giant tape deck. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have a ghetto blaster
2: on your shoulder?
0: (laughs) Oh, I imagine the tape deck was a ghetto blaster. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just blaring like the original non-Madagascar version of I Like to Move
1: (laughs) So, the inferior version. The inferior Um, version,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, she realises that she's been brainwashed
2: and she's like, "Uh uh-oh. But she's got the concert coming up. They've got the massive concert coming up where everyone has to have the brainwashing uh, kitty cat ears, (laughs) either watching at home or at the concert.
0: Yeah. Oh, which, again, they predicted because you can't go on Twitch now and not see someone not wearing those kitty cat ears. Uh, (laughs) Ah, that's
1: true. That's true. That's very true.
0: But yeah, they're getting ready for the concert and she goes to the rest of the band, right? And she's like, you got to believe me, subliminal messaging. But then they all get captured by Fiona and
2: the American government and are taken to the venue. That's right, that's right. And then, and then you know, Melanie and Val are threatened to be killed in a car accident that's going to blow up in the car park. Oh my God, that was so
1: brutal. <laughs> they literally showed them a news report Of their own deaths. Yeah. yeah, like, (laughs) and how they're going to die in that car over there. And it's like, oh my God, this film got really dark really
2: quickly. (laughs) Oh my
1: God. That's horrifying.
0: Oh, oh. And of course we are in the arena scene. uh, And this is the best joke I will make all year. Okay. I'm ready. They are in the Sega Mega Arena. I bet it's got pretty good Sonics. (laughs) Best joke you can hear from (laughs) me all year
1: I have to go
2: Yeah, Um, no, that's fair I'm also leaving Hey,
1: hey, hey, Rob, do you want to go make a new
2: podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah yeah. A Sonic but a baddie
0: (laughs) It's where every week you say that joke you made sucks (laughs) That's the whole podcast
2: (laughs) (laughs) Words heard, Rob (laughs)
1: Words hurt
2: <laughs> um, yeah but that joke hurt more look yeah I, 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 I you know it was it was good Sandro but I was kind of wishing the days of uh, Aries Spears and his version of um, no, I couldn't even say that. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say I prefer to hear Aerie Spears' impersonation of Bill Cosby <laughs> oh, no. uh, overhearing oh, your no. Sonic the Hedgehog joke. Uh... Uh, luckily, I stopped myself from that and there's no recorded evidence of me actually doing that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, would no. be,
1: that would be problematic at best.
0: And if, of course, it was said on the podcast, i probably cut it out, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Am I right? Am I right? Yep. Right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right.
0: So just as Josie's about to go on stage and do the show by herself with her bandmates in a car
2: that could blow up any second, yeah. Dijon burst in the room. Oh, it's Dijon. Well, at least Les and some random actors just done up in... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. In yeah. a lot of uh, uh, yeah, fake
1: bandages. Yeah, yeah, fake bandages and neck braces and all that. It's great. I love this scene. I love the Dijour coming back. I was like, yeah, I love Dijour. You know, I'm all about Dijour.
2: And I do, I do love the gag that they 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 crash land the plane at yeah. the car park of a <laughs> yeah, yeah. of a Metallica concert.
1: Yeah, it's so it's great because because. Uh, somehow they managed to fly the plane. We don't know how, but apparently they did. They were like, "Oh yeah, we managed to land the plane fine." Unfortunately, we landed in a Metallica concert, and uh, they got they got beaten up.
0: Yeah. Well, aside from aside from Les, who knows the lyrics to Enter
1: Sandman, all the lyrics to Enter Sandman. <laughs> Uh, Which is great. But also, I'd like to shout out to uh, Metallica fans who are very gentle. They're gentle giants, you know? They
2: are gentle lovers.
0: But also, I want to say as well, saying I'm glad that Metallica fans didn't beat me up because I know the lyrics to Enter Sandman is like saying, I'm glad the Radiohead fans t- didn't yell at me because I know all the
2: lyrics to Creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, <laughs> like, mm. It's also a case of, it, it, it very much smacks of uh, people going, um, I know one Metallica song. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the hardcore Metallica fans would be going, well, well, nothing else matters, that would be a better
0: choice. So, during that scene with DuJour, I guess Josie managed to free the rest of the band uh, during that whole distraction. That's right. they're all free now. And we get a big old fight scene. I think, actually, Rosario Dawson gets the line, where she's like, Wyatt, you messed with the wrong pussy.
2: That's right, she did. Yeah! <laughs> 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 and she goes full wrestling, sort of, like, throw them up against the ropes. And Rosario Dawson does the whole clothesline. It's f- freaking great. And yeah. Tara Reid does some... Re- <laughs> the director's going, okay. How are we going to cover up Mel being a kung fu martial artist <laughs> when Tara <laughs> Reed has no coordination whatsoever? We'll shoot it from many different angles Yay. and cut it really quickly together. We
0: get a Matt Damon Born Identity action sequence.
2: Yeah, I love quick cuts that make me nauseous. <laughs> and then she scares <laughs> another security guard away by going, "Yeah, you want some? You want you want some?" Oh. Uh, <laughs> Tyra Reed.
0: Turns out the subliminal messaging for the concert was going to be convincing everyone that Fiona's cool. <laughs> uh, then we realised that, yeah, she does have a lisp and she's wearing
2: fake teeth uh, and she has no friends. And Alan Cumming is, is an albino and has, has, got a, has got a beer gut and has no hair. Yeah. What a freaking fucking thing. And then the government come in and arrest them and take them away and let them take the fall. And he goes, well, we realise music isn't the way to go It's all in movies now ha! <laughs> They weren't able to predict the, uh, the the streaming revolution That was over 15 years in the future
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah Oh, that, that was great Because the FBI agent we saw earlier in the film That was all about it, It's like, um, yeah, arrest them <laughs> For <laughs> daring to try and corrupting America's youth <laughs> which was which was great. I love that. Yeah. This ending has to be one of the most bizarre yet fantastic endings I've ever seen.
0: It's a pretty good ending. And then they get up and they sing a song and then yeah.
2: It it is a cute moment when everyone's copying them and and, and Josie just says, you know, just listen to it, you make your own mind up and you go, Oh, look at that. Cute independence beats you know capitalism any day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then it ends with some bloopers, which I miss.
2: Oh yeah, that was great. I I enjoyed the bloopers. Let's not forget that Alan M comes back being crowd surfed to the stage where they awkwardly reveal their love for each other. Oh, and of yes. course Alan M calls Alan Cummings a dick while being crowd surfed. That's great.
0: And also, yeah, like, Josie steps away from the microphone to talk to him while the band keeps playing and the crowd is still screaming. I don't know how they were <laughs> having a
2: conversation. It was a whole other time. That's how <laughs> gigs used to happen in the in the early noughties, Centro.
0: That was, uh, and that's the end of the movie. We got some good, some songs. It wraps up. Uh,
2: it's, a, it's a good film. And we have a new, and we have a new punk version of, uh, the original Josie and the Pussycat song.
1: Yeah, that was good. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you
1: stayed long enough, you got to hear a full rendition of back door love, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I sat through for sure.
0: Oh, I'm sure you did sit through back Yeah. I <laughs> bet yeah. you
1: did. Yeah, I bet you did. I took it all. <laughs>
0: well, on that note, I'm definitely giving this movie a goodie. Uh- It's a good film. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't watched it, I think it still holds up. Uh, It's mostly fine for kids, I guess. I think most of the jokes would probably go over their heads.
2: I think it's very cute. I remember it being cute, and it's still very cute. I love the, the, the naivety to it. And the pureness of its message, like this message of just go, make your own choices. Don't be so caught up in consumerism and just like make your own mind up. Is still a cute little image that is still in there, yeah. despite the fact they've got, you know, monster support from Sega and, and Maccas and mm. all that mm. type of stuff. But that enduring little cute message of, you know, make your own mind up, play, you know, play your own music, don't. You know, go to the beat of your own drum is still is still quite uh, relevant and cute. It's good, yeah.
0: And also, all the music industry stuff is still very relevant. Uh, we've got artists speaking out against it. I mean, Charlie XCX just released her sellout album, and the whole point of that album was to make fun of the label industry and it worked it's number one in Australia so uh, yeah, it's yeah. still very relevant um all that stuff as well
2: well yeah I mean like quite recently on um uh last week tonight by John Oliver he did a whole thing about uh Ticketmaster and how like everyone hates Ticketmaster but everyone has to use them is because they've brought up the industry and all the major venues. So if you're a big artist and you want to perform at a big stadium, you have to go through Ticketmaster. Um, and if you try and go out on your own, Ticketmaster will then start. They can literally, like the mafia, go, well, we'll make you an you can't refuse. Mm. Um, so this whole, you know, corporation controlling music and in the industry and the live performance scene is – even more relevant than it was back then. So and even more uh, important to, you know, bring light to. So Josie and the Pussycats, cute little film, but, you know, important issues that still resonate today.
0: Definitely, yeah. And would you say it's an oldie or a goodie? I mean, it's
2: pretty obvious, I think, what we're all doing this. Oh my God. I have been wanting to say this for 20 years to anyone who would listen. Josie and the Pussycats is such a fucking goodie.
0: Zach, what are you going to rate it?
1: Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about the uh, Monopoly board game. For some reason, that came to to mind. I don't know. I don't know why specifically uh, the Monopoly board game came to mind. Talking about uh, like you know Ticketmaster and all that stuff. But um, so weird. Anyway, this this movie was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very cute. It didn't take itself too seriously. a uh, Fun message. It was very two thousand. The songs were bangers. I was just like, "Oh, this is this is great!" I had a big smile on my face the whole time. It was it was very entertaining. I particularly enjoyed the first like five eight minutes of the whole film was this de jour thing, and then just them getting quotation marks murdered. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is a great start."
2: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365 day returns. Hey everyone, I'm
0: Kayla. And I'm Audrey. I have never read Lord of the Rings or seen any of the movies. This includes the original trilogy or The Hobbit movies. The only experience I have is reading The Hobbit in the seventh grade. Meanwhile, I've lived and breathed Tolkien for almost 20 years books movies all the uh extensive universe stuff you name it i've read it poorly written fan fiction also that well-written fan fiction well my own fan fan fiction. fiction your own fan fiction is probably amazing join us on our journey to read through the book chapter by chapter in every single episode um you can yell along with me and laugh along with audrey Um, Or you can read it for the first time right along with me.
1: The show is called Mordor She Wrote, and you can find
0: us on Twitter and Instagram. With three goodies uh, for Josie and the Pussycats, it's time to move on to the next segment. Now, Rob, things have changed a little bit. If you would remember back in the day, we used to pitch sequels, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Now, the thing is though, sequels, ah, oh, they're so 90s. You know, mm. it's 2001 mm. now. We don't care about sequels anymore. We care about crossovers. The biggest films of the early 2000s Alien vs. Predator, mm. Freddy vs. Jason, mm. uh, other ones. <laughs> mm. So, what we're going to do is I've got a random number generator. It's going to generate a number between 1 and 171, which is the number of episodes that we have done. The number it lands on, crossover, between Josie and the Pussycats and the
1: film we reviewed on that episode. And normally, this would be difficult for a guest, but you know every film that's ever existed. So, (laughs) there's actually, um, you might be better at this than we will be.
0: Oh, wow. We've got a really recent movie, though, actually. Uh, oh? oh, okay. Oh, wait. No, that was the year in review for 1987. I'm going to generate another number. <laughs> ah, different number? Uh, oh, of course it's this one. All right. Yeah? It's episode 155. Rob, Ooh. crossover between Josie and the Pussycats and batteries not included. Hey! Mm, there you go. A movie that uh, you really like. I'm on the fence and Zach did not enjoy it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's, uh, look, there's a reason why it's, like, failed. It's failed to reach an audience and sort of, like, faded into the background. But, you know, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin together with uh, cute little robots always uh, works for me.
0: All right. So, do they go like they're international pop stars? Do they play on the planet where those tiny aliens are from?
2: Oh, oh, absolutely. Josie, Josie, Val, and Melanie find out that there's you know a big corporation um, coming in to destroy the the land, and so like. Uh, take the resources for their own gain, and of course, Melody is such a advocate for human rights and animal rights. She wants them to sort of like, uh, be, you know, conservationists and and you know get in instead of Greenpeace, it's the intergalactic version of it, so it's Green Skin Peace or something like that. <laughs> and so <laughs> yep. it become it becomes like it becomes like Avatar oh, with no Josie and the Pussycat. So it's sort of like oh, them absolutely. working with absolutely. the natives who are the robotic natives, yep. and they sort of like you know sing songs, rock pop songs to bring down the corporation
1: i think i think there should be like an evil alien group which is like an allegory for like the british coming in or something <laughs> uh, and, yeah.
2: yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, the the corporation have their own figurehead and which is this you know uh, very corporate sort of like um uh, boy band, as your type oh, thing. Oh, it's yeah. a
1: boy band. Yeah, yeah, but they're super corporate. Oh. Yeah. And they have their own evil songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This time they're singing about front doors. <laughs> they're singing Uh-oh. about going in the front
2: door. <gasps> How could they? <laughs> How could they? <laughs> they completely flipped the script. I'm your front door lover. <laughs> front door lover. Look at that.
1: Oh, and they're definitely bangers. Absolutely.
2: I can't think of a title.
0: Josie and the Battery Pack. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Josie and the Battery Packs. Yeah. and so The Battery Packs. Yeah, they have to form a new band uh, to take down the Evil Boy Band uh, with all the tiny a- aliens who are really good at making synths. Love it. They incorporate some synths into their uh, into their,
1: their rock. They do um, I, that whole thing. I imagine that each of them makes a very specific note. <laughs> um yes. and so you we have like a uh like a music video scene where like they're flying around making the notes and one point they they pass by uh the drummer chick and she like drums on them mm-hmm. and they each make their note when they're tapped classic <laughs> and that's just one of the the scenes in that that's that's how i imagine it it works this thing writes itself it works it works there we go absolutely all right zach next one All right, it is time for no one's favourite section of the show. It's time for... Rotten Reviews. It's the part of the show where I go for some reviews and make it a bit of a game. You see, Rob and Sandro have to guess the score that these people rated them. But there's a twist at the moment, because I have gotten... Five user reviews, you know, from, from Rotten Tomatoes. But I have also inserted my own little review oh. in this mix. Yes. If you get it correct, you get a bonus point. If you get it wrong, though, you get a negative point. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a twist, eh? Are we doing closest wins
0: or are we just doing you You got to hit the nail on the head to get the point? ah we'll do closest wins cool all the points all the points let's do it
1: all right rob do you remember this from last time 0.5 to 5
2: yeah how could i how can i forget this (laughs) yeah everyone's favorite segment (laughs) Uh,
1: and the first review is from Jesse, who says, "So confused in its approach and message that it actually reaches a point where I wonder if it's a satire of satires." <laughs> what? <laughs> because of the ads? <laughs> is that why? I don't know. Hello. <laughs> don't don't ask me. I uh, give it two
0: stars. Yeah, I feel like you're you're pretty close there. Uh, I'll go
1: one. One. Oh, it's one and a half. So you <laughs> both get a point. As you're both equally as close. And in the end, we are all equals, aren't we? That's true. That's Mm. damn right. In this product placement world. uh, We have uh, Monique who says, uh, consider the many teachable moments.
0: That's it. All right. Um, (laughs) That's the review. (laughs) Many teachable moments. I don't know. 3.5. 2.5. 2.5. 2.5. It's
1: three out of five. We both get a point. once again, both get a point. Nice. As you both equal away. I've been seeing a theme here. Interesting. All right. (laughs) Uh, We had Matt, who says, Josie and the Pussycats is a colourful, bubbly, and ridiculous film that's impossible not to enjoy. Oh, that's nice. I'll give it four. Because it's Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to go five out of five, actually. Ah, it's actually three out of five, same as the last review, which means Rob gets the point because he was closest. Nice. We have Autumn, who says, this is the most 2000 film I've ever seen. I can't believe this film made me laugh out loud. Would drink the new brand of orange uh, colored Coca-Cola and watch again. Interesting.
0: I'm going to guess that that one is a uh, four out of five. Yeah, I'll go
1: four and a half. Oh, ah, that one's four out of five. Sandra was right on the money there. Which
0: means we're tied again on three points. I'm also going to guess that that one's your one because you also kept saying it was the most 2001 movie you've ever seen all throughout the episode. It's almost like you were doing a
1: check-off. It's the most 2001 movie of all time. That's ridiculous. Rob, would you like to guess that as well? Yes, I'll guess that as well. Because it is my Yeah, review. yeah. <laughs> I, I was subtly hinting It wasn't subtle at all uh-huh. If I
0: could pick up on that And not that the person that Alan Cumming kidnapped Was in the government facility <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It
1: wasn't very subtle Alright We have uh, Robert who says Was boring and bad music
2: Well <laughs> fuck you Robert That's what I say to you <laughs> Jesus Christ Thank fuck that's not me <laughs> How dare you hold my name, Robert? How dare you? Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Somebody needs to hold it back. <laughs> Rob,
0: calm down. It's just a review. Uh, one star. One star. I'll go 0.5. Ah,
1: it was one star. One yeah. star. One for Rob there. Well done. Well done. And finally, we have Amy's review, who says, Utterly ridiculous. Sometimes in life, you need a non-consequential film that just takes you for a ride. Loved it. Loved it. That is very positive. Uh, Five out
0: of five. Why not end it on a big one? Four and a half out of five.
1: Ah, it's five out of five. It's five out of five. And
0: speaking of five out of five, we both end that game on five points. Hey! Hey!
1: Hey! Hey! Excellent. Well done.
0: And that is the episode right there. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Rob, thank you for coming on the show, as always. Thank you so much for
2: having me on, guys. It's always a pleasure.
0: uh, Check out Innes Lloyd's Bond Among Us this week at Butterfly Club. What time are you on? Is it 8.30? We are on 7. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. for all of this week. Link in the episode description check it out uh if you like the show you can review us on itunes and spotify that really helps get the show out in front of more people as mentioned earlier we are on patreon if you have got a spare couple dollars hanging around and want to get some bonus content you can jump on there the ad free feed also goes over to patreon now as well uh we're on facebook we're on instagram thanks to josh cake for our theme song thanks to that's not canon productions our podcast network uh, I think that's everything to thank. Yeah. Now, Zach, it is your turn to pick a movie. You're picking next week's episode. Uh, as always, you can enlist Rub's help on this one if you want, because I think it's going to be quite a tough decision.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. You've got a
0: bunch of options. Your first option is called The Body. It's an Antonio Banderas film. He's a priest who is sent to investigate the supposed finding of Jesus's remains.
1: Well, I do love Antonio Banderas. He's one of my favourites. I don't think I've ever heard of that movie before.
0: I also haven't heard of The Center of the World, in which a millionaire hires a stripper to hang out with him
1: in Las Vegas for three days. (laughs) Nice. That was not what I was expecting the plot to be after hearing The Center of the World. You've also got Crocodile Dundee
0: in Los Angeles, uh, the third film mm-hmm. in that series. Paul Hogan's famous character goes to Los Angeles uh, to hang out and prank people, I guess. Talk
1: about his knives. Crocodile Dundee, though. We we, we kind of need to do that at some point, that whole little, do little we? series. Can we just do Mad Max instead? Well, uh, that's true. We also need to do Mad Max because we're an Australian podcast about movies, <laughs> right? We should do Crocodile Dundee. We should do Mad Max, you know. You know? I don't think I think I've seen
0: maybe half of the first one and then turned it off. Uh, have you seen them, Rob? Have you seen the trilogy?
2: I have only seen one and two. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, gents, I did not finish off the uh, the trilogy. <laughs>
1: But you know what?
2: You've forgiven.
1: <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone's obliged to finish that series. After finishing the entire Police Academy <laughs> series, I'm not forcing anyone to watch the entirety of anything. Yeah,
2: fair enough, too, yeah.
0: You've also got Freddy Got Fingered, a surreal <laughs> semi-autobiographical comedy film uh, about a guy who wishes to be a cartoonist. He's also got a mean oh, dad or something. Oh,
1: God, not, a, not another film about a cartoonist. And it's called Freddy Got Fingered? Oh, God.
0: That film's actually got quite a bit of a cult following, though. Uh, some people love it, but most hate it. Oh. Uh, and then your final option is the Lunshin Defence. A chess grandmaster meets a young woman in a tournament in Italy, and they maybe fall in love or maybe teaches her chess or something. I'm not entirely sure,
1: but it's a chess <laughs> movie. Which one are you thinking? Well, I'd, I'd like to throw this one over to to, to my, my good friend of the show rob
2: what 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 do you think well ah, oh, look you, yeah yeah it's it's a it's a tough decision between mm. you know do you go your tom green opus of uh freddie got fingered or do you <laughs> go with the difficult third album you know trying to bring home that trilogy much like uh the godfather part three with uh <laughs> crocodile dundee in la i believe i think is the third one Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I I do want to do the crocodile dundee the stuff, but what what what's your thoughts on Freddy got fingered? What's your professional opinion?
2: Um, well if it was it had any type of professionalism connected to it, I could have an opinion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Alright, so you're on the side of
2: people that don't like it. <laughs>
1: so perhaps not that one
0: although that does sound fun it could be more Patreon because I think it is more like sketch based it's not really a story sort
1: of thing yeah right oh yeah it's one of those well they, they are good for the Patreon
2: well I, I guess I'll go with Cockatiel <laughs> Dundee Crazy. <laughs> yeah look look go see the third film so I don't have to you know that's yeah, you, yeah you're doing it as a public service Uh,
0: Zach though it's a sequel which means I guess you've got to watch the first two
1: yeah yeah I that That's my plan. I don't want to just watch number three. That sounds awful.
0: We'll wrap it up with the best quote from Josie and the Pussycats. What
2: have you got, Rob? It's got to be, for me, the f- my favourite quote from the whole, f- whole film is, um, put the Chevy to the levee.
0: I think my favourite quote is from uh, Valerie when she says that things have been different since we left Riverdale and not a good sort of different. Because... I feel like I disagree. I think things have been different since I stopped watching Riverdale, but they've been the good sort of different. They have been a
2: very good. Yeah,
0: because yeah. uh, that mm. show has got aliens in it now, apparently. Anyway, what's your favourite quote, Zach?
1: Yeah, I got, I got two quotes, so I'll say the first one first.
0: It's, uh- I think you should say the second one first, actually. I think that would be... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. I'll do that then. I'll do that then. This is your own fault. Um, that, that one is, uh, Gatorade is the new Snapple. which I thought was great. We don't get Snapple in Australia. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just get Gatorade. So I I related to that one. And uh, the uh, final quote is from the very start of the movie, and it's from a fangirl talking about uh, DuJour, which they say, I just want to touch them. I don't care which one. I don't care where.
2: Don't care where. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Great start. I'll
1: just say, she sounds a bit like a backdoor lover. (laughs) 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 And that's
2: the quote of the episode.